0: This is a Triple J podcast.
1: Okay, firstly, if you haven't
2: already listened to our last episode, stop. Stop, stop right what now. What are you doing? Stop. Pause <laughs> this. Go back in your feed and search up We need to talk about masculinity.
1: Yes. This that's kind of like a part 1 to this part 2 that you're about to hear. If you haven't listened to it and for some reason you're just desperate to stay listening to this episode, sure. Um, (laughs) Bit of a quick recap. We spoke about the traditional stereotype of what it means to be a man, you know, that stoic, like strong, can't open up, can't talk about your emotions. Can't
2: cry. Yeah. is seen as weak.
1: Yeah. We really unpacked like why so many people or so many young guys are really turning to problematic personalities like Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, Um, and at what point does – masculinity become toxic.
2: Yeah, it's a really good context for what we're trying to address in this episode. So would highly recommend um, because this one, we're going to help you tap into all those things that you might have grown up thinking that's weak. That's not for me. I don't cry. I don't have emotions. I don't talk to my friends about my issues. We really want to blow the lid open on this and help you open up.
1: And also we just have some really great people on this episode that are going to do that. Um, Dylan Buckley from Dylan
2: Friends and Josh and Ryan from the Imperfects podcast. It's like the Avengers Assemble moment for podcasting. Oh, my God. Literally. Like for real. Sorry.
1: They're huge. They're such huge names in the podcast world.
2: Yeah. And also just great male role models. So stick around. So, as we love to do on The Hookup, um, we get you involved on our Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. You can always DM us and get involved in the conversation. And we obviously vibe checked with you about your feelings about vulnerability, being emotional, opening up as a man. Um, and yeah, a lot of people resonated with this.
3: As I've gotten older, Expressing my emotions has become increasingly difficult. Throughout primary school and high school, I was bullied. And as I got into high school, it got worse. I feel like I was judged due to my mental health at the time. I got to a point where I taught myself not to cry because I knew it was showing weakness and the bullying got better, like it, it stopped. But as a negative result, I find it really hard to express emotions, especially in my relationship. You either have to
0: pick between masculinity and vulnerability. It's a balancing act where I have to either be cool, calm and nonchalant or I have to show my weaknesses, let people in, let my guard down and let everyone else know that I, like everyone else, have things that stress me out. So which one do I pick when when it's a real hard thing to balance?
3: I just don't think I was ever given the tools and the vocab to share emotionally. I was never given a great example of um, how to be vulnerable and how to share emotions. My dad was completely absent emotionally and I just didn't have a great example of that. Didn't have good examples of other men around me. And I think that's key.
1: This was so huge, like we've been saying, Pete, like so huge in our DMs. Like so many of you said that you felt this, like you couldn't be open and vulnerable and talk about what you're feeling or what you're going through. And a lot of this has to do with what we spoke about, like the traditional masculine ideas, like Mm. this idea that it's weak to do that, to be vulnerable with your feelings. Uh, And a lot of guys are suffering in silence for it and it's impacting their mental
2: health. Yeah, last episode we spoke to Connor Paul who experienced um, the impact of family violence firsthand. Um, He is a victim survivor and he is the deputy chair of the Victim Survivors Advisory Council to the Victorian government. He's spent a lot of time advocating uh, preventing violence against women and men um, because, yeah, it happened to him and it was awful. And he said that when he was at his lowest, he was going to such a dark place because he had no one to talk to. And when he did, he wasn't taken seriously because they were like, that just doesn't happen to boys. Like it's not masculine to be hurt by another man.
4: But I guess over time, I, you know, started to bottle up my emotions and because that's what I thought. I I didn't think that boys could express what, what they were going through. I didn't think that You know, that I didn't know of spaces where you could do that in a safe way, not be judged. Um, But I guess I bottled that up, let it accumulate, and then I cracked and was super emotional, super depressed, um, and at times suicidal.
1: So this bottling up, this not being able to open up, express how you're feeling. Dr. Zach Seidler, who we heard of in the last at clinical psych, currently the global health research director for Movember, and an expert in men's mental health, says that Yeah, like some men just don't even really have the language to understand what they're feeling. So it does bottle up and then it just explodes.
0: So many guys, male emotionality, the things that they're feeling, they don't have any ability in in many instances to, to communicate it, to know the words, to describe it. And it is often so overwhelming a feeling because it's typically, you know, such a delay between what they feel and then having the ability and the desire to express it that it just explodes. It's this really huge dam of emotionality that is, is, you know, forcing through their veins.
2: You know, men a lot of the time feel like they can't open up and be emotional. A lot of DMs coming through about it. But this isn't just on men, though. It's everybody's responsibility, like no matter what gender or sex you are, to unpick that very entrenched idea of what masculinity is and accept their vulnerability and their emotions when they come to you. Done heaps
0: of research of Movember. So many guys open up and regret doing so. So we keep talking about men being more open and vulnerable and, and discussing what's happening in their lives. And yet so many guys who open up, it falls on deaf ears. It's it's never responded to in a in a really respectful, open, curious way. You know Brene Brown, who's everyone's uh, favorite uh, social worker and keynote, she always says, you know, we we keep telling men to be more vulnerable. And then when they do it, and the the floodgates open, we get to this point where we go, Oh, no, 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 that's too much. That's enough. Pull that back, rein it in, you know. And so I think it's really important that we realize that men and women are, you know, both complicit in this, you know, there is this really complex interplay between the genders that goes on whereby male emotionality is just not accepted in many instances in many places
1: so you are going to hear from josh and ryan from the imperfects podcast in this episode and which by the way is like a huge podcast if you've never heard of it they talk about vulnerability um that's like the whole point of the the podcast it's about yeah. like it's called the Imperfects. it's about showing your imperfection and josh told people and i that When he was younger, this is in like 2004, he went to his psych and wanted to like, you know, was being a bit more emotional about something and the psych shamed him for it.
5: I remember breaking up with this girl and I uh, wrote her a note, just uh, like a letter, just like a note to say basically a thank you for like what we've experienced and like I understand it's over but I just want to thank you for what we've been through and the person I've become from knowing you. And I read it to him the psychologist and said, I'm going to give it to her. And his reaction was, jeez, you really like lead with your heart, don't you? Like it was a bad thing. Oh, <sighs> oh, Like wow. you, you need to like, no. y- the answer here is to lock up a bit and be a bit more of a man. Wow. Um, And so I just wish at that point in my life someone had told me to lean into that a bit more and that that's a strength and that's something that's going to actually grow.
2: Yeah. Hearing that, obviously you can hear us being really shocked. oh. Like- <gasps> We were shook by that. Um, And it sadly reminded me of a DMD that we got in our inbox on our Instagram um, from a guy who had another professional healthcare person shame him for (laughs) presenting with what they reckon was like a femme issue, which was trigger warning for this if you're not in a good place, but self-harming. They said they were a teen. And the doctor said, that's a girl thing, isn't it? Like, what? Can you actually imagine that from your doctor? It's horrible. It's outrageous. And, you know, it's not just like these professionals that might make you feel ashamed for opening up and be emotional. Um, it's happening in people's relationships as well. We got a DM from Dan. He sent us a voice memo talking about something that happened in his long distance relationship.
6: So my partner and I recently started doing long distance um, since she's moved to a a job uh, in another state Um, and I guess part of that's been really tough um, not being able to see her and and it's made me really emotional and really sad to to not be able to spend time with her all the time Um, and you know part of that involves crying and being upset over the phone Um, and it it really weirded her out um, to to see me in that state and I guess some of that comes from maybe social norms or or what she's previously expected in in other uh, relationships. And um, yeah, it, it totally threw her and uh, became a serious discussion point for our relationship. I think sometimes it's really tough uh, for others to accept the, the reactions of men when they are upset. Um, and, and I guess how you deal with that, other men dealing with other men being upset, but also um, females dealing with um, their men, whether that's you know fathers or other masculine figures, their boyfriends, partners, uh, workplace colleagues. Um, and, and when you're seeing someone who is upset, um, you know, what do you do to that uh, compared to what you'd normally do when you see a, a female or other gendered person um, being upset?
1: How can we rework and reframe our ideas and and our brains? Hmm. Uh, into not judging men for being emotional, allowing them, giving them the space, men giving other men the space like, giving yourself the space to be able to express it. Like, how do you do
2: this? Well, last episode, we spoke to Dylan Buckley, who you might know either as the famous ex-AFL footy player or maybe you're listening to his podcast, um, Dylan Friends, which is all about men's mental health. He also wrote a book called The Honest Chat. Yes. So, obviously, we want to talk to him about vulnerability and he reckons baby steps is the way to go.
4: I don't think it was like an overnight thing. I think like emotional intelligence or emotions or vulnerability like it's a skill like it's such a skill and you don't start by never and you can do this but you don't like probably the way i did it was like not just go and tell my deepest darkest secret without have ever telling anything before. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know firstly you might start small and like whether it being like conversations just like looking people in the eye a bit more maybe it's like 20 percent of the conversation or it's like you know complimenting a mate or asking someone if they're okay and like All of these little things just, like, build up and they build up and it goes from, like, asking a mate to then reaching out to a family member to then, like, having a conversation with a coach or a colleague. And then someone confides in you and you, like, build up this, like, you know, this, like, skill that you're just, like, continually doing over time without even knowing. And then it gets to the period where, it like, for me, that was showing going, like, you know what, fuck this. Like, I'm going to start doing some media stuff at the club. Like, I wasn't playing good footy. I wasn't, like, in the team, but I was, like, I really enjoy this. I love doing it. Like, I'm going to do this. And like, people used to bag the shit out of me, but I was like, you know what? I really like doing this. I'm going to keep doing it, sticking fat with it. And I think that was a really cool thing because it was like at the start, everyone bagged me. But then like three months later, everyone's like, oh, can I come on the show?
1: Love that so much. (laughs) No, he gets everyone on the show now. And I'm like, I could. don't you reckon it's such a tall poppy syndrome as well? It's not even about like, men doing something it's just like yeah anyone trying to chase their dreams yeah yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> percent <laughs> um but obviously other experts in the space of vulnerability uh just because they talk to so many people it's the whole podcast The imperfects um we spoke to them about their stories and their journeys with opening up and ryan had a huge insecurity about something but he told us that once he opened up about it and told people it was like A weight was completely lifted off of his shoulders.
3: For years, I kept this close-guarded secret that I took pills to make my hair grow because I was going bald. And so I was like, well, I can't tell anyone that because that would be horrific because then people know that I should be bald and I'm like faking something. And so I went to these great, great lengths To hide this secret. Like I would go to the same chemist that by the time I got to the house I was then in for 10 years, I was was driving half an hour to get to this particular chemist (laughs) in this particular suburb because for whatever reason, I trusted that that chemist would keep my secret. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. And then eventually on the podcast, Hugh started talking about the fact that he takes this product and my heart is racing because I'd never told anyone that I also take it. And I just felt like, well, we do this podcast, it's all about vulnerability. And it was just a moment that I would not planned for, but I said that I also do it. And then since then, as soon as I said it, and I heard that Hugh did as well, and I've since heard about hundreds of other guys who also have contacted me, I realized, oh, it's not that big of a deal. What mm. was I worried about? And if anything, it made me, it made me so much more relaxed in life. I mean, I don't know if I save a lot of petrol and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a plus. laughs> and it's expensive petrol. as we know. So, know. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's sort of, uh, I think it just, it can connect you to people. That's the thing with vulnerability. When you're vulnerable, you do feel more connected with people. And mm. that is the name of the game. Mm. Um, but also it, uh, it just takes a weight off.
2: Yeah. And Josh agreed. Like it's all about owning who you are, getting to that truth and that authentic self. Once you get there, which again, baby steps, you are going to be loving yourself so much more.
5: We all need to know that being just who we are is enough uh, and that we don't have to be like other people to be valued and to have value. And the more that you can start sharing vulnerable things that make that you see as weaknesses or negatives is a step in the direction of people accepting you for who you are. And it might feel terrifying to to do that but the closer you can get to being seen as who you are and by the people around you, I, well, for me anyway, is the moment I've actually started to be able to engage more with life and thrive because I actually feel like I'm okay and I'm not living in shame. So that's, that's the journey it, it felt like for me. As far as how you do it, I think it just has to be small little steps that you start to feel comfortable because you shouldn't really force this stuff because if you do force it, it might go badly. Mm-hmm. So I think with people who you care about who care about you, just start, just try it. Just try something small that you think you can handle.
1: It's so true to me, I reckon people about the like just saying what is really vulnerable or what you're insecure about, just saying it, getting it out in the world. And then it's like no one can really, like you can't really be shamed for it.
2: Yeah, like you can't be hurt for it because you're already like accepting it. And like what Josh and Ryan were saying, people love you for it. You're more approachable. Like you are a genuine human being that they want to be friends with or understand more because you're just you're relatable yeah you're relatable exactly
1: yeah dylan said that that's exactly what he does like he's so upfront about the things that he might have felt insecure in the past about himself it's like if he owns it then like no one can really like you know use it against you and like He said that growing up, like, he was so embarrassed to cry. He's a really, really emotional person. Like, he cries all the time. Mm. He, like, cries in really proud moments on ads, on TV, or, like, movies, whatever. And he used to hide it in front of his family. But now he's like, no, this is, like, my biggest strength, and he fully owns it.
4: And I think that's, like, the coolest thing for me. It's like, yeah, you know, like, I did fail in footy. Cry a bit. Uh, Definitely could have done some things differently hairline sucks um there's a few things that i wish i had you know that worked a bit better um but like this is me and then all of a sudden they're like fuck well he's already bagged himself about all these things like what where like you you sort of like take all the ammo away from people and then it's just there
2: also along the lines of baby steps it doesn't have to be a huge event every time you open up to somebody and be vulnerable um and zach told us about this like the the, what, the way that male vulnerability looks isn't going to be the same for everybody.
0: I want to say when it comes to male vulnerability, we need to get away from this idea that it needs to look sound and feel the same as female vulnerability or any vulnerability for that reason. Every guy is going to express themselves in a totally different way. I, I often do uh, couples therapy and this wife once came to, to therapy with her husband and she said, you know, I talk for half an hour at the end of the day with him about what's going on. I unload, I describe my emotions and all of the things that I've been feeling. And he won't give me anything in return. And I go to him, you know, what did you say to her yesterday when she described how, your, how uh, asked how your day was? And he said, I just told her it was shit. And I go to her, what did you think about that? And she goes, well, I, I then went on. It was too, it was too awkward. It was too silent. So I had to go and, and I just went and kept talking about what was happening for me. And I go, he said a lot. He said a lot in one word and you shut him down. There is power in a specific use of vocabulary, in grunts, in silence, in those feelings and the tension in the body and all of these different ways that men vulnerability comes out. Anger, you know, is a is an expression of vulnerability in many men and obviously we want everyone to feel safe and secure but male anger cannot be shut down because it is often the only way that vulnerability and emotion is condoned to be expressed in some guys so we need to see that as an opportunity for intervention what's going on for you what what are you so shitty about what's what's happening you know why are you beeping at everyone on the road you know something's happening here and if we can slowly but surely chip away and get him to go, oh, wait a second, that actually makes sense because this thing happened at work and now I can connect it. If we can help those connections be sewed so together, man, everyone is is really going to benefit.
1: That was really eye opening for me, Pip, to hear that because mm. I think when you're in a relationship, you do expect them to be able to meet you at the same level. Yeah. Like... As someone who works in this space, like, I'm very equipped of talking about my feelings. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And sometimes I know it can be a lot um, for my partner, but it's, like,
2: yeah. But at the same time, we do want more than a grunt. Oh,
1: it's, like, please, can we get to a level that's not just a grunt? Yeah,
2: totally get that. Zach's explaining, like, a baseline level. If you're starting from zero, great, fine. If you're a partner, like, take those, like, you know, little verbal or nonverbal cues in, but – Hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll feel like you're more equipped to talk about like your emotions and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And it is, Zach says, about learning ways to talk about things slowly so you don't explode. Like mm. that. Like we were saying before, like holding everything in and then all of a sudden, like your mental health is at like breaking point. Mm. And there are so many ways to express your vulnerabilities. Like you don't have to trauma dump in one go. Like, yeah. You don't have to hysterically cry um you know zach says it can just be like small bits of you know things here and there about how you're feeling like tapping into like what's going on for you
0: i like to think that the more commonplace it becomes the less awkward or uncomfortable it becomes so you never really want to be the guy who once a year just like drops bombs on people yeah and and, and it's just like oh shit, here are these extremely complex feelings i've been holding on for 360 days it'd be great that if once a month wherever you just let out and this is the way that I you know express my emotions I think as well which is is complex for the people in my life but I I do breadcrumbing I just do and I know that that's used in many other many other worlds but I I don't need a massive release it's not it's not of interest to me I just want to I want to come home and just be like this thing and I don't want to talk about it at great length either I just want to let it out and just move on And it is the ability to just describe it. So to guys, the idea that you need to to cry and have this really intense discussion about your mental health, that's not what I want these conversations to look like. These should be commonplace day-to-day discussions about what is happening in your head, what's freaking you out, what's stressing you out, what are the things that, you know, scare you. And rather than building them up until it's like, I am now depressed, it's like we don't need to get there we can have these commonplace kind of you know discussions about who we are and what makes us tick much more often
2: so we had so many dms of guys who said to us like i'm okay being vulnerable it's like the asking for help and feeling like a burden bit after that is where they draw the line and they're like no, nah, that makes me uncomfortable um but zach wanted to shout that out and be like you're not a burden and this is not a very helpful way to think about it.
0: I really want to call out all of the guys who who want to do more of this, you know, and say, "Good on you." That is the you know the motivation to have these discussions, the motivation to want to to share the load with others, because they often say, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be a burden to my friends and my family." And I can tell you, as a clinician, the greatest burden that that you can have on anybody is holding this stuff in until crisis hits because that is when all of your resources and your friends and family's resources get drained in an attempt to try and save you. When there are so many instances throughout the previous weeks or months where the load was so much less and just one conversation could have actually really helped you in a way that they cascade, they, they join and it leads to this waterfall of, of emotion. <laughs>
1: So if you are struggling or there's something you want to get off your chest or there's an insecurity that you've been wanting to like tell someone about,
2: who, like who should you speak to? Who should you chat to? A lot of guys actually told us that they do it a lot with their partners, but Zach reckons it needs to move beyond that. You need to be having these conversations with your mates.
0: Male friendship is, is life-giving and life-saving and it's so sad to see it be taken Advantage of and, and be undermined um, and be, be joked about as if it is not something that is essential to men's lives. I want it to be something that we can talk uh, to men in our lives about what is happening for us. But we know that as men age, they lose friends. It becomes deprioritized. Women's relationships, their friendships, are maintained across the decades it's, it sticks and it maintains and it keeps them alive for much longer than men. Fundamentally, you look at any longitudinal study, the guys who are still alive are the ones who have quality friendships. It doesn't matter if they smoked or they drunk or whatever it might be. It is the friendships that keep them alive. It is social connection. We are social beings. And so I, I commend men who other ones on the group chat going, let's go out, let's do something. Where are you at? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a coffee? We need to move beyond. And I do this with my clients all the time. They're like, yeah, I go to the pub with them every once in a while. I'm like, there are different things that men can do. Did you know that? Like a bit of like rock climbing or like any random hobby out there, just like go and sit with someone, talk with them shoulder to shoulder, face to face. It doesn't matter. Don't underestimate the power of a chat.
2: You know what? A lot of people actually got in touch to say that men's groups are also really, really helpful. It sounds like a bit of an old school idea, but I was surprised at how many DMs we got about this and Taylor got in touch as well to say how going to one had really helped him.
3: Came across a group recently called the Men's Table. Sounds like an opportunity to learn to be uh, better equipped to share Some of those vulnerabilities.
1: Wherever, whoever you open up to when you kind of open up and have that conversation, talking about your vulnerabilities, the thing that Ryan and Josh have both learned through doing so much work with vulnerability and their podcast is like every relationship in your life will strengthen you'll have deeper more meaningful relationships with everyone
3: the more vulnerable you are doesn't have to be like huge vulnerabilities doesn't have to could be it could be very small things Mm. but um the more you do that and show people and model to other to your friends or to anyone that you're that you think that that's okay and you're actually all for it um Mm. you'll you'll definitely find that your connections and relationships will will strengthen massively
2: by the way, it does take two to tango. Um, listening to somebody be vulnerable is just as important and crucial and hard sometimes as the person opening up to you. So we wanted to get some advice from the Imperfect guys about the listeners. So if you're on the receiving end, here's what you should be doing.
3: To, to listen to someone, even if you feel uncomfortable, and to let them talk and just sort of like lean into that conversation, That whatever they're talking about, just lean into it a little bit See how it feels. That's extremely vulnerable. Like for that psychologist who didn't listen yeah. to you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. The vulnerable thing for him to do would have been, even though he felt uncomfortable, would have been to just hold the space and let you speak, mm. and just and not shoot it down.
1: Doctor Zach had some really great advice as well.
0: To all of those out there who are who are listening to men and who don't really know how to respond, it's about knowing their intention and going often most of the time they haven't told anybody else this and they don't really want a solution everyone's obsessed with this idea that men are solution oriented and just want action when in fact the very act of voicing what is happening in his head is is enough and so he may well say five words he may well speak for half an hour and and cry like he's never cried before your ability to accept what he is offering and to just sit through it And to understand your own biases around masculinity and men's emotions and to just go all right this is this is okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit through this and i'm going to ask him i'm gonna ask him what he needs because that is the issue everyone assumes what men need he needs to just talk more he needs to get this all out right now no what if he doesn't want to let him decide what is right and what is what
2: is not. Don't forget to thank them as well. You know, sharing something that deep and personal is a huge risk and, yeah, they're allowing you to be that person to hear it and that's a privilege. So, yeah, make sure you say thanks and hopefully they'll do it again with you.
1: Another thing when it comes to this conversation about how to, you know, be more vulnerable and open up and challenge what you might perceive as what it makes, quote-unquote, to be a man, traditional masculine role is to look for a good role model or look for good role models. And in the last ep hit, we spoke a lot about how young guys are turning to problematic personalities like Andrew Tate. And I think that there is not enough men
2: emulating healthy masculinity
1: in our society, in our media, in our
2: cultural landscape. Yeah, even like in the DMs, like so many of you were telling us about like your immediate family and friends and like those older men that you look up to, a.k.a. your dad, a lot of people were saying their dad was just not emotionally available for them. And this is exactly what Ryan went through.
3: My dad is not a vulnerable person. You know, I'll tell him that, you know, if I if I ever say I love you, he'll be like, okay, great. And that's, I know he loves me. It's not an issue of that. But saying the words, uh, that saying how you feel out loud, even if there's no one in the room, mm. can feel terrifying Because we've never – often, we've never heard other men do it. Yeah. So it really requires someone to start.
1: We were talking about this before, Pip, about grandparents and not saying, I love you. Oh, my God. My grandma never says it back to me. But I think it's like, what would happen if you just said – if your dad never said love you, but you said love you to them and you were like, why – if you just asked them. Yeah. Hey, I mean, this is vulnerable. This is fucking vulnerable to say to your dad – why don't you say I love you to me? Imagine saying that to your dad. But you should. Imagine the conversation you could start.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking of all the reasons why. And they're just not good enough. They really simply must. Sorry.
1: <laughs> this is literally about vulnerability. And that could be a really, like Ryan said, it takes someone just doing that and having that conversation. I think that could be a way in. Mm. Circling back to role models though. Yeah. Dylan's advice was... Instead of picking a person, this poster person, the Andrew Tates of the world or the big sports star or whatever, yeah. he reckons you should pick traits that you value in people rather than one person in particular. I love that.
4: Pick traits that you like. And I think what's crazy is like, I have good traits, you have good traits, but you've probably got some bad traits. Oh, I'm assuming, I, I haven't seen any of them, but I'm 100%. assuming you might have some bad traits because I know I have some <laughs> fucking horrific ones. And I think for me, when I realized about this, is like I look at my dad and on paper through this book, you might go, oh, wow, like what a relationship. But he is my biggest role model in life, hands down. And there's some incredible qualities that he have that I absolutely love and I hope that I've inherited. But there's some other things that he's done where I go, I don't want to do that. And that's a role model. Like it's not just the positive things, it's the negative mm-hmm. things. And I'd say like the day and age we're in now, like you have so much access to people. It's like, you know, Andrew Tates Not probably the best example for this, but you could go like, look, he does 99% of things he does are terrible, but you know, he has a, he works out. So there's healthiness there that like, at least there's something, you know, there that you go, well, at least he's healthy in that sense. He smokes cigars. That's not great. (laughs) So where I'm getting, he's probably a really bad example, but like where I'm going with this is like, you can look at, grab things that you like about people. And it's like, you know, you love the way that they treat their friends and family, this person, but you don't like that they do this, but you love that they do this, you don't like that they do that. They Sometimes you can actually learn more from people of what you don't like and who you don't want to be versus actually who you want to be. So I think, yeah, like find a few people, find five, six, seven and learn what you want to be, learn who you want to become and you can't, I think it's gone to the day and age, you going like Michael Jordan's my role model. Yeah, like, pretty, just, you put too much pressure on someone just, you don't know. Who you know, and like we didn't have the access we do. We have way bigger access now. So unfortunately and fortunately with stars of the games and sport, like you learn all the good things, but you learn all the bad things too. So we're all human. We've all got good things. We've all got bad things. Identify in people what you like, what you don't, and then you can model yourself to that.
2: You know, Zach reckons some of the best role models that a guy can look up to are in fact, the ones here with us today, the ones that you've been hearing from like Dylan, um, like the Imperfects, you know, their whole MO is to talk about how people are broken and that people make mistakes and there's failures but that's what makes a person
0: you know the number of footy players that dill has spoken to who go you know i had anxiety it's like we live with this stuff it's it's a part of who we are and it makes us stronger and so hopefully we can get these role models who are who are fragmented and fractured and and constantly trying to understand themselves and i think that that's what the imperfect guys do, they, they really try to get to the bottom of every day. I'm going to start again at trying to to understand who I am and where I need to go. That's what I want role models to be, but they shouldn't be the panacea for young men, because I want young guys to be able to go. I can write my own story here. I can talk about who I am and who I want to be without um, meeting needing this North Star necessarily.
2: Okay, Pip, take away from this app. My God, there's so much. I mean, I really appreciated hearing Zach's perspective on like diversity of masculinity and what that can look like. And I really, it was hard to swallow, but some of the stuff that he has told us in the last sort of this app in the last one about how we shouldn't shut guys down when they identify with these role models that, you know, we don't like and that we mm-hmm. don't appreciate. It's about coming to them curiously and just trying to find out the why. And that's hard work, but, you know, we're about hard work. That's what we do. Like, you know.
1: We all have the same goal in mind. Yeah. like It's we literally to, like, abolish
2: this these toxic traits that come from. Peg the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever you want to say. Like, yeah. we're done with it. I think a lot of guys are done with it too, so let's fucking put our gloves on, <laughs> pull our socks up, and fucking do the work. <laughs> it's just tiring, but um, yeah. Zach was just awesome. I love Zach. I love I the love Perfects me. as well. I love Dylan. Like they're all. It's great. It's been
1: so amazing. I think my biggest takeaway is like not expecting people to meet me where I'm at. Like mm. I, like I said before, I. Can easily talk about my feelings. I want to talk about like trauma and emotions and blah blah blah. And it's like that doesn't mean that that's an easy thing for everyone else to do. And to be able to like drop my expectations and just appreciate where someone is being vulnerable and that their vulnerability looks different to mine. Appreciate a grunt. I'm not taking a grunt. (laughs) I'm not taking a fucking grunt. Sorry.
2: Um, look, thank you so much to everyone who's contributed to this episode. It was a massive little two-part mission. Um, and, yeah, again, if anything has been brought up for you, you can check out Lifeline at thirteen eleven fourteen. Yeah, and um, we'll put them in the show notes as well. And also just, yeah, let us
1: know what you thought. If you have anything that you'd like to, you know, explore further, you want us to, like, investigate more, mm. any feedback. We're here for you. Ily. Bye. Bye. <laughs>